0: Welcome to Awakening to Golf It's Monday, July 19th We've just finished watching the Open Championship And seeing Colin Morikawa come ahead and win his second major uh, championship The age is, I think he's 24 now So he and only Tiger Woods have won uh, the PGA Championship And the British Open, or the Open Championship uh, Under the age of 25 They're the first two to do it so, congratulations to Colin. Obviously, a very young and uh, accomplished player already. Everyone knows he's really not the long bomber. Very uh, precise in his irons, and like anyone else who is playing in the Open Championship yesterday, they're playing at a high level, and all players have a pre-shot routine. So, today in Episode 3 of our Peak Performance of Your Game series, we're going to talk about the pre-shot routine. The pre-shot routine, very important because it helps you to find uh, intention of what you're going to do in the shot. Helps you decide what you're going to do. It starts to quiet your mind from chattering in your mind so much. Uh, Once your mind starts to chatter, as, as all golfers know, fear comes in. Have I picked the right club? And my 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 last swing was really bad. So you're scared of this hole because you haven't played it very well before. So obviously the, the list is so endless you cannot name them as to what any golfer faces when they have a shot in front of them. So the pre-shot routine is very important. I created a book called 7 Items You Must Consider Before Your Next Shot. It's free to download from my website, alowenscoaching.com. So it's about a 20-page book. It's actually an excerpt from uh, my book, my best-selling book, Awakening to Golf, which you can find on Amazon or through the link on my website. But the pre-shot routine is kind of a topic at hand here today, and that's what we're going to talk about. So to break the habit of who you are in your golf game you really have to understand that your mental mindset is the fo- is the really the the hub of the wheel of what's going on so your mind uh, sets the stage for what's happening uh in in your, in your golf game and all golfers know they spend more time on their swing uh, than they do other parts of their game and last week we talked about seven areas that you could talk, that you could start to work on to help you with your game. I even had several players uh, who were listening and contacted me about the physical coach that I I, uh, recommend to people to help them with their physical limitations. So uh, I think last week's episode resonated quite a bit with people, so I'm happy about that. But you know, true empowerment for your golf uh, comes from beginning to realize uh, that The actions we take and the beliefs and emotions that we have accompanying with them really are setting the stage of the reality we're going to see in front of us when we play golf. So we're in a series, uh, session three of this, and I've recommended a book uh, to everyone from Dr. Joe Dispenza, Becoming Supernatural. And again, I would encourage anyone who's listening to this to go ahead and uh, get that book. Because it really helps you to understand uh, how your mind works, and although he has a lot of scientific data in it, uh, again he's a uh, he's a chiropractor at, uh, at at as his practice. He's used science to show people that your mind uh, can create your reality. It basically is creating a reality. Your your mind can heal yourself. His whole book is telling you to, is showing you that your mind is setting the stage of what's happening. So. One of the things he says in his book is that the moment you begin to feel the way you think, then you begin to think the way you feel. And I think that's very important for golfers to understand. The moment you begin to feel the way you think. So when you're thinking poor things on a tee and you're facing, let's say a par three that's 170 yards in front of us and there's a bunker guarding the green, and you're unsure of the club you're about to select. So now you feel doubt and you feel fear and you feel anxiety. So the moment you begin to feel the way you think, then that's beginning just to show you uh, basically how you're going to think, which is gonna basically bring to you what you're going to feel. So this perpetual loop is what happens to golfers when they play they face a shot They're they may not have much focus definitely in the years I've been giving playing lessons on the course most people do not have a pre-shot routine and that's why it's so important and the next uh, part of the program we're going to get into uh basic areas of the pro of the pre-shot routine why they're important and the third part of the program I'll have a special guest here uh Will O'Farrell who um is a uh, golf coach who I work with, a great teacher, and a very good player. And uh, he was a good player from uh, a young age. And as teachers ourselves, we don't get a chance to play much. So um, we don't get a chance to play much or practice much. You're really relying on the old swing you've got. So he's a perfect person to explain to us why the pre-shot routine is so important. So basically in golf, you know, you're unconsciously reinforcing the same feelings by continuing to think angry thoughts, frustrated thoughts, which make you more and more frustrated and angry. And that's why when you when we're facing this shot over this at 160 yards or so to a bunker in front of us, and we have fear of about the shot, we had anger about the last shot, we didn't like our approach shot, we, well, we, we three-putted, so all the thoughts and actions and beliefs that we have prior to a shot, we bring to the next one. And these are the things that the pre-shot routine is trying to erase from you. It at least gets you into uh, a subconscious pattern uh, which helps you to create the reality that you really want to have in a golf shot. As we all know, um, if, even if you have a pre-shot routine, it's hard to be focused in it, to stand back behind the, the ball, uh, have you picked the right club? Are you committed to the shot? Uh, can you visualize the shot? Do you believe the shot you're, you've picked is the right one? When I'm doing playing lessons, generally people are under-clubbing. They're picking, you know, out of 10, 10 shots with their 7-iron, you know, maybe 2 or 3 would actually carry a certain distance. But on this particular shot, 160 yards, and they're insisting that it will. Um, And is that really the reality? In the back of the mind, do they actually believe that? And that's why the pre-shot routine is so important. So in our next segment, we're going to get into that. So just a reminder, the free uh, PDF book you can download, the seven seven items you must consider before your next shot is available on my website, alowenscoaching.com. So this next segment, we'll get into aspects of that pre-shot routine, and then as we move along in the mindset series, so if we get into, uh, into August here later um, and moving into early September, we'll get into learning more about how the mind works, the subconscious mind, your conscious mind, uh, all these things, why they're so important. But at minimum, a good pre-shot routine, no matter what it is, and although my book is suggesting to you seven, to me, if you just took three of the ideas, that would be great because most people really don't have much intention uh, in a shot that they're going to face. So we'll get into that in this next uh, segment. Welcome back to Awakening to Golf. So let's dive into the seven items that I'd like you to consider to create for your pre-shot routine. So the pre-shot routine is a fundamental part of any golf swing which you do not really hear much about. Instead, you'll hear about uh, the swing fundamentals like your grip, proper posture, the plane of the swing, which constantly come uh, to you from other sources trying to give you information on ways to improve your golf game. So in this segment, we'll un- unveil to you some very strong conscious mindset fundamentals of golf, which will... Includes several aspects of any pre shot routine, which I believe are imperative that you begin to incorporate into your golf game, so even if you left this uh, segment uh, listening to these seven possible areas and rather than taking all seven let 's say you just took uh, two or three or maybe four additional things from what you already are doing, then this, this would be successful for us because Every pre-shot routine is just that—it's a routine, something that people do with consistency in their golf game, in their golf game, or like their life. Like in my life, I have a pre-shot routine. I mean, pre-routine I do every day when I wake up, and everyone else does. So, you wake up at the same time of the day. You may look at your social media at a certain time. Uh, like I go my same the same Starbucks every day. I basically drive in the same two lanes on the highway to work every day. Um, So the routine becomes an automatic part of your golf game. The thing that some people interpret incorrectly in in regard to a pre-shot routine or the pre-shot approach is that it must be done a certain way. And I certainly would not suggest that to you. In fact, I would encourage you to put your own spin on your routine, placing your own energetic stamp on it. Basically, you're the individual creating the reality you see when you play So you should be the one to set the stage before you when you take uh, each shot. So what we're going to talk about are the seven uh, steps or uh, fundamental areas I would look at, which I feel are needed for you to use in your routine before you hit any shot. These steps are intentionally brought up for you to consider because each one of these have a purpose and attract energy designed to more easily allow you to see the shot you prefer to when you play. So... These seven areas would be uh, identify. We need to identify the shot we're going to create. Visualize, using visualization to uh, see the shot we're about to hear, uh, see or create. Uh, choosing the right club uh, based on situation in front of us. We have to have belief in the shot we're about to have. We have to really feel uh, internally that we believe it. We have to, f- almost some people will feel the connection to the target they're actually hitting towards. We have to be able to control our breath, which helps to co- quiet our mind. And then we obviously have to learn to commit to the shot, which is in itself just uh, challenging in itself. Many players I'm on a golf course, they even have a hard time committing to a shot in, in there as they're standing over the over the ball. So. So identify the shot. Here's our first one. So when you approach any shot you're about to make in the golf course, one of the most critical things that must be accomplished is to identify where you're going to hit this next shot. After all, the next shot in front of you is the most important shot you have. So in the thousands of lessons I've given, this is perhaps one of the most dramatic things I do not see golfers do efficiently. Efficient. Basically, uh, if you don't have a roadmap in your mind of where you're going, how can you effectively, you know, get there? So we don't have, we can't identify the shot we're going to hit and have a true roadmap of what we're going to do. How do you expect the ball to get there? And this is where most people think, I've picked the club, I'm standing over the ball, and they start thinking about their swing and they just think magically the ball will show up on the green or in their target area. So... This is why, uh, this is what it's so challenging for golfers, uh, because they are, you know, they're so used to having uh, a lot of chatter in their mind when they play. So, like learning to identify what you're trying to do or create with each shot, and where you wish the shot to land, is an absolute must, and you must begin that, you know, from really the, the time that you're going to start to drive up to the ball. So, basically, let's say we've got a shot in front of us and it's a 160 yard hole we're all coming up to the i'm thinking about a certain hole in in the area here it's a second hole here there's a bunker in front and as we come up to the tee you know you're at say you're in a you're in your gps cart you've got yardage that's on your card in front of you you've got to see how far that shot's going to be It'd be 160 yards to the center of the green the pin may be uh, back right. Maybe it's 165 to the pin. You step out of your cart, you're going to need probably three clubs to possibly get there. When you get up to the tee, assess the wind that's coming into you. What's the temperature? How far is it to carry the bunker over you, over the obstacle? What is it to the back bunker? So there's so many areas uh, which come to identifying the shot and in the book that I've got on my website, Al Owens uh, Coaching, which is that book, Save at Seven Items That You Must Consider Before Your Next Shot, it covers all these things. So, you know, I just invite you to look at that. But our first point is identify the shot. So we've got to be able to pick, you know, if it's what is uh, the shot I'm, I'm most likely to land at my target. If it's a back right pin. Uh, am I trying to hit it at the pin? Is it a sucker pin in the right corner? Or can I just carry it 165 yards to the middle of the green? Is there wind in my face or is there wind at my back? So there's a lot of decisions you have to make. Once you've made the decision, you now have to start to be able to visualize the shot. So some people, and all this part of the pre-shot routine, you're really standing, you're just up on the tee, kind of picking, making up your mind. You're assessing the situation. Everyone else is doing their same thing. Can you visualize the shot you're about to hit? You know, so if you're a fader of the ball, okay, I'm going to have to fade it into the green. If I'm going to draw of the ball, I'm going to draw it in. If you're, hitting a, if you're just not playing well that day, you're just going to really have to go with your gut and start to uh, visualize the shot that you do want. And as we get further along in the mindset series and peak performance uh, here in September, uh, late August and September, we'll talk about uh, more of how your mind helps to create the reality but visualization is very important when it comes to a shot. Even when you're putting, like I said earlier with people, Jack Nicholas never saw, he never hit a putt, he never saw going in. So visualizing the shot that you're about to have is very important. It takes your imagination. It takes a little time, but it's part of the routine that you can get used to because visualization's a big part of things. So now I've kind of pictured the shot I want. I've picked out my distances, I know the win. Now i better got to be able to choose. So our third point is choose the club uh, that really is going to empower you to put the ball where it wants. And most people here choose the wrong club. They choose uh, if I hit this solid like I should. Well let's say you're not playing that well. So you really have to you know take uh assertive action in your mind Uh, Be real about who you are that day. Many times if I'm doing, I'm playing, and let's say I'm uh, in a playing lesson with someone and I'm playing the back nine with them. The front nine, I've been with them, coaching them along, I'll play the back nine with them. Well, I haven't warmed up or anything, so I'm automatically going to club up my first three holes because I know I'm not going to hit that solid because I haven't warmed up at all. So choosing the right club that you feel comfortable with is very important in your pre-shot routine next part of the routine would be believe. You really have to, now that I've chosen the club, I have to believe in the shot I'm about to create. I can visualize it, and I've chosen it, but now can I actually believe it? And that takes a lot of experience to understand that after you've chosen the shot and you stand over it, uh, that belief comes into play. Part of it is, in the belief comes in next, what I would call the feel of the shot. I believe I can uh, do it. And some people who coach, uh, who I coach, uh, they actually can feel the target in front of them. They can feel how far it is to the middle of the green. They actually practice it on a practice range. Um, And that feeling uh, either either could be the feeling of the target in front of them, the ball landing there. They actually, some people in pre-shot routine will work on the feeling of the great shot they're about to hit. I mean, let's face it, all good golfers who really perform well, invite the situation. No good golfers running from the situation. So they are actively anticipating the great feel of the shot that they're about to take, which is very important. So as you've got that, then let's say we're behind the ball. We haven't even stepped in the ball now. We're just behind the ball. And we take a couple deep breaths to quiet our mind, make our last minute uh step into it and then we're going to basically uh step into the shot, get into our alignment and that's a whole different uh, part of it. We'll t- cover that in uh, how to practice and create a, a good practice routine, but as we step into the shot, we check our alignment. Some people may have a uh intermediate target that they'll uh, align their body to or get the ball to flight over. Um and when we stand over the shot, we have to be able to commit to it. So we've got our alignment. We look at our target and we commit to the shot we're about to hit. We've got the visualization part of it down. And as you stand over the shot, there is no doubt what you've picked here. When you stand over a shot at this point, if you do have doubt, you need to stand and come back out of that shot. So up until this point where we've got to visualization and breathing, you're standing behind the shot. Once that some people will step into the, into the shot and work on breathing. I would tell people take a deep breath, then step forward to the shot. But once you're over it, you have to commit. If you lose commitment to what you do, step back out and start your routine again. So we have to have that commitment to it as we stand over the shot. And that's really these are the, the big areas of the pre-shot routine. You know, so when you're in a committed routine the several things that you're going to feel, uh, deliberately do and create. These are things you kind of need to work at. And as you work at it, you'll become better and better at it. The pre-shot routine, is it something you can only do on a golf course? Well, if no, of course you can do it on a practice range, which is what a part we get into call uh, process-oriented practice or outcome-oriented practice. Uh, outcome oriented practice would be simply uh practicing the pre-shot routine. So many people go to the range, they'll work on their swing mechanic. I term that process oriented practice. And let's say you're on a range for an hour and you work on your swing and we call this I call this uh process oriented practice. But let's say the last 15 minutes you go into what I call outcome oriented. Well, now you're going to take these seven areas and choose a target with one shot so let's say we're at a range it's 150 yards to a target with in front of us and then you start to go through this pre-shot routine you identify the distance you've got and you do this pre-shot routine in what we call outcome oriented practice one shot at a time so you don't get 10 shots at this you don't get 10 chances you get one chance and you go through the whole routine. You put your club back in the bag. Obviously, on a range, you'd have this bucket of this, uh, this stack of balls there. Move them away. Put one ball down there. Go through the routine. Identify the shot you're going to create. Visualize the shot to the 150-yard target. Choose the club out of the bag. Are you in complete belief of this shot? Some people will like to feel the ball, uh, the target landing there. Other people will want to assess the feeling they're going to have when the ball's hit really well. Take a deep breath, stand over that shot, step into it, work on your alignment. Again, look at the target. When you're looking at that 150-yard target, where do you see the ball landing? Can you feel it? Do you believe it's going to be there? And this is where we get into commit. Commit to the shot and go ahead and take it. So when you're on a practice range, you can do this, and you may not be that successful at first, uh, but it's like anything else, try, try again. The more you do this routine and you practice it on a range, the more it becomes a subconscious program. And the more that you're on the course and you start to do this on the course, you become a better and better golfer. And, you'll, and in our next segment, we'll talk to Will, and we're gonna really be able to disclose to you why good shots happen, with a pre-shot routine and why bad shots happen without a good pre-shot routine. Uh, I played many rounds with Will and his uh, routine may not be as uh, so deep as this is. I'm just trying to give you different ideas. He certainly has a routine and he can make decisions very quickly since he's been playing golf for many years. He knows his, uh, his shot patterns and his habits. But we'll talk to him in our next segment and really find out the importance of the pre-shot routine. And when things are going well, he knows he's in the pre-shot routine well. When he is quick with the routine, poor outcomes happen. And we'll talk about that in our next segment. Welcome back to Awakening to Golf. So I've traveled now to Poway, California. And we're here with Will O'Farrell. Will is one of the golf coaches I work with. He's been coaching for many years and a really good player since his junior days. Give us a little bit of background about your junior golf background and how you became a little golf pro here.
1: Well, Al, thanks for having me. Um, you know, I'm excited to to do this podcast here with you. I grew up in Canada, uh, played a lot of junior golf successfully um, in Nova Scotia, New Brunswick. Uh, as I was younger, I got in contact with a coach, a local coach at. At that time named uh, Louis Melanton. And Louie was an interesting instructor uh, and more so focused on player development. I mean, he, he was kind of a pioneer in our area for those who wanted to elevate their game. Right. Right. And so uh, I remember it was, you know, it was very interesting on these cold, dark winter days, being from Nova Scotia, being a golfer, we uh, we had to get creative in terms of practicing in the off season right so sure. his his uh school or academy focused on in season off season and uh he kind of transformed this this uh, clubhouse that he was that he was teaching at uh back in in New Brunswick and uh transformed it into this little coaching area where he had a bunch of mats he had a bunch of nets and i mean I remember hitting. I remember hitting shots in different, you know, squares or X's that he had, you know, drawn into the net. Like, mm, great, right? And uh, and it was huge because he didn't just use like a portion of the clubhouse. He literally had the whole thing. And I remember, you know, there's about 12 or 14 of us at the time in the program, and he would. Like I remember one point he had heartbeat sensors on us just to see if our heartbeat heartbeat was elevating or fluctuating at all as we would do our pre-shot routine. Would it? Um, for me, oddly enough, I had this I had this ability to have it really high before I hit the ball, and then as I get closer to the ball, it starts to settle down.
0: Yeah, you are unique because at times that I play with you, that's exactly what you seem like, but what were the others? students like
1: yeah you know they they would fly i mean some some of them would be relatively flat lined and others would be you know kind of low nonchalant and then their heart heartbeat would rise close to like 115 120 wow. beats per sec or beats per minute um and they uh they weren't exerting any physical activity other than walking up to the golf ball right which was you know, interesting so um you know that at a young age got me interested in in playing the game at an elite and high level and uh, having him you know around me uh was was a great was a great asset to have uh when I moved out here it was back in I'm going to say 2014 2013 when I started to uh to coach on my own and um you know coaching is is kind of different than playing of course right Mm -hmm. uh and when you're when you're coaching um one of the things that i really am adamant about keeping in within your within your golf shot or or creating a golf shot you're looking for is pre-shot routine i know that you talked a lot about that and we've talked a lot about this before right sure so um for me it's kind of like i either do it and i hit a great shot or i don't do it and i hit a you know, a lousy shot or a shot that's kind of like, why? Why did that ever happen? And um, yeah, I, it, it's an interesting concept.
0: So, what are the parts of the pre-shot routine that work for you? Like, what do you go through?
1: So, for me, I you know, and, and when I was playing, I would always kind of revert back to what me and my coach were talking about, and mm-hmm. that's the. I think that's the important thing too. A lot of people dismiss. The pre-shot routine in a number of different ways and one of them for me that I've realized with my students or myself is it's like if you're not working on it with your coach and getting different ideas you know you think you're always doing it the right way and you may not be right right and so I find myself being further away and further away from competitive golf and, and in searching and looking at old notes or old videos I find myself remembering different parts that i'm like oh yeah i used to do that all the time right so uh for me i kind of go through this phase where i'm where i'm calculating the shot and usually i don't like to be anywhere near the golf ball at that point Mm -hmm. Um, i like to be away from the golf ball usually at my golf bag or in the cart Uh, and through that phase i'm assessing more of what the lie is like what the wind is like is there any type of trouble or mm-hmm. is, there, is, is the pin even accessible at this point, right? So I'm really kind of in the planning phase at that point. Mm-hmm. When I proceed from there, that's usually where I'm selecting a club and kind of thinking, okay, how do I take the data that I found and apply it to myself, to, to what I'm feeling that day? And even if I'm feeling like physically I'm a little tired or maybe I'm really anxious and amped up, my club selection may change from, say, if it's normally a normal 7-iron. If I'm tired, maybe I have to take a little bit more
0: club. And most people wouldn't do that.
1: No, because they, they you know, they think they can hit the ball the same distance every single shot. Right. But that would be only be a professional golfer, right? So, exactly. So, and I'm sure, you know, the best guys on the tour don't feel great all the time, and they're doing the same thing. That's why they're able to hit great golf shots consecutively. They can really calculate... You know not only what the shot requires, but how they can help get themselves to hit that shot or to execute on that shot. Um, and then so you know, I, I pick kind of how I feel and what I think it's going to take, uh, and that's where most of the calculation phase is done, and I'm confident in what I do, what I'm, what I've picked at that point.
0: At this point, you're still behind the ball.
1: Correct. At but, this point, yeah. I haven't even approached the ball. Uh, you know i've i've changed this portion of my personal re- routine uh, a lot where sometimes i'm taking certain amount of breaths sometimes i'm i start visualizing first and that changes and really the most important thing is to be committed to what you're doing and make sure that you're doing the same thing consistently right right <laughs> um so lately what i've been finding a lot of success in in full swing or pitches uh is I start by visualizing what I want. What type of shape do I want? Do I want to draw? Do I want a, a fade? You know? Do I want it high or low? And I know maybe like a year, year and a half ago, when we were talking about just the vis- visualization process, uh, you know, you were getting on me about, hey, well, do you see the ball flying? And I was at a point where I wasn't really watching the ball. Right. Right. Uh, and that took me a while mentally just to kind of bleed that back into my golf game
0: because you used to do it
1: i used to do it yeah and and when you go through it's kind of like driving a car right when we drive a car we don't think okay i'm gonna put the key in the ignition and we turn it on and we put it in drive you just do it but over a longer period of time especially when you don't practice or you don't try and uh you know utilize the tools that you do every single time that starts to fade and you know you start to cut a little corner here cut a little corner there and that's one of the things I know for me that uh, generally through the pre-shot routine process you know I will expedite because I think I'm calculating fast enough and I think that I'm visualizing fast enough
0: cuz you're pretty quick at it
1: yeah mm-hmm. i mean i mean i think when we played that you know, I typically am under ten to fifteen seconds and I'm hitting the ball. Right. Right? But the thing is is you know, if I'm not visualizing it and I'm not going through the process that I've set out at that point, then it really is less than a fifty percent chance that I'm hitting a good golf shot. Compared to what my standards are. And you have pretty high standards. I, I do have very high standards. Right. I mean you you're know? a very good player. So when you know, if I'm if I'm on the green and not inside 15 feet i'm not thrilled
0: about my golf shot right And right. you have just for so everyone knows will has an exceptional short game <laughs> uh, i mean for inside inside 100 yards it's uh it's phenomenal oh. so and it's fun to play with them because it's it's fun to play with you because nice. you're uh you know people see how good you are uh, i see how good you are and it just makes you want to get better so when you're when you're over the ball yeah. you've, you've decided the the shot yep and I know it doesn't... Just in watching you play, basically you're, you are you grab the club, you're over the ball, and, and it's almost like in a blink of an eye, yeah. you're going to hit the shot. But as you're stepping into it and getting over it, is there anything that's going through your mind at that time?
1: You know, uh, for me personally, when I'm playing really, really well and I'm working on my golf swing, I'll typically carry one swing thought, uh, you know, lately... I feel like I've been tight and I haven't been turning well, so usually it's related to that. Making sure I'm getting a good turn in the backswing or getting a little bit more depth in the backswing. And uh other than that, when I'm when I'm approaching the golf ball, that's actually where I start my alignment process. I mean, I've seen my I've seen my visual line at what I'm trying to do, right, where I've picked my whether it be my target line's left or right of my swing line depending on uh you know what what kind of trouble is out there if i want to keep away from trouble or i want to go at the pin uh even though i've saw it as i'm approaching the ball is when i start to really kind of narrow it down right uh, and i've picked a spot typically i find what works best for me is three to six feet past the golf ball
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, on the ground and uh you know not having great vision uh, and for those who don't n- know me personally i have terrible vision uh is really important because if I can pick a spot that it, that I can see that's close to the target line that I need, uh, and that's three feet in front of me, it's a lot easier for me to aim that way. And so, I always on my right hand will hold the golf club. I will set it down first and align my face to that intermediate target that's on the ground. I then address my feet parallel to the club head. Right and uh, and I try and execute the shot rather quickly at that point. I I, I don't try and
0: stand over the ball
1: a whole lot, you
0: know. So when do you how much do you practice? If you're a, if you're back to competitive golf, would you you because we played enough together and sure. your your alignment is pretty good. Yeah. Um, but if you're back in competitive golf, uh, how much would you check on your alignment maybe in practice?
1: I mean that's one of the things I remember growing up. Uh, even when I was playing really well, it's, you know, it's easy for golfers in general, whether they are really, really good or they're just starting the game to get into a moment where they think they're swinging well or they're on the right path and their alignment's totally off. I mean, you've seen it, I'm sure, all the time. Sure. So it's one of the things that my coach and I have talked about. And I mean, it was, it was not only like once, every couple lessons, it was every time I was at the golf course, right. would have to be, have some sort of
0: focused alignment. So do you think most of your students do that when they practice? I think little of them do it. Little, right, yeah. I, would, I would agree. I mean, I would say 25%, maybe 30 to 35% of my students actively do it. Yep. Uh, and, you know, at, in, in a practice session, whether, and like I tell my students when, depending on their eye dominance, uh, yeah. that's going to affect how they see things, and most people, when they 're working in alignment, they may in practice just work on hitting to the center of the range where they should also work alignment across the range to sure. the right across the sure. range to the left. Sure. One of the things we were playing the other week, and uh, you made a good tip uh, to me about warming up before I play sure. in regards to alignment, so yeah. elaborate on that we had a, we i was i was just i just had a alignment stick down. And was hitting shot after shot, uh, wedge to uh, seven. I was going. I go like odds or even when I'm I'm warming up. But generally speaking, when you're just before you're playing, are you better off hitting to one target line or several different ones before a round?
1: So for me, before a round, uh, I try and hit straight. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And the the reason why is especially for that day, uh, it's really easy to kind of trigger your mind. Once you start ala- aligning more to the left or to the right on the range, uh, to get your body out of position, it can fall out of place very quickly. Right. And so I like picking one target line, and hitting up from that single point. And
0: that's what you see most tour players do. When yeah. I met, when I met at the Farmers Open caddying for it, uh, last time I was there with uh, Joel Damon, and I was in the back of the range sure. when Tiger was there. Sure. And he has an alignment stick, and he's he's there for 45 minutes. It's sure. actually on YouTube. Someone was videoing it that day, and he basically starts from wedge through his yeah. his his driver, and it's just one divot after the other, right yeah. down. So I think that's that's a good point for people to understand that before you play, yeah, uh, finding singular alignment on one line that's helps right. the perception of what you're doing.
1: No question, no question. Uh, one of the videos I was watching recently, you know, I was uh, explaining to one of my students about. Um, that, that same concept about warming up and there's a video of Jimmy Walker up, uh, out there who's on the driving range and uh, I can't remember what course they're at but I know the range was tree-lined and he was stuck. I mean, he must have got there late because he was on the far <laughs> right. right edge, right? And Jimmy Walker plays, typically plays that little cut, mm-hmm. right? Um, but you didn't see him shying away from the tree line. I mean, it didn't matter if he was hitting a driver or a pitching wedge, it was all going straight down slightly (laughs) right of the tree line. Right. Right. So I'm thinking, gosh, you know, the kids who are picking those golf balls up over there are going to have to, you know, look in the bushes as they're as they're kicking off to the right. But no, I think uh, singular alignment is very important. Right. Uh, There's so many different things that can that can alter or change during your pre-shot routine that can affect your golf shot i mean an alignment for me typically tends to be an important one uh a lot of uh, a lot of golfers that i teach like we're talking about just they have a harder time understanding what their body does consistently enough to Mm -hmm. keep a uh, to keep a consistent alignment, for sure.
0: So you don't you don't even have to have a consistent perfect swing, as long as right. you, as long as you're doing something consistent. That's yeah. what you're taking to the course. Correct. So when you're when in regards to let's say the students that you coach, yeah. Uh, how would you rate their pre-shot routine?
1: You know, it, it ranges. I have uh, I have some students that can do it quite effectively, right? And those are the ones who are typically. Very invested in their golf game and, right right, and they're committed to to getting better, so they take you know every second with their coach very uh very deeply mm-hmm. right um and then I have others who you know feel like they understand it and they get it, and you know they'll still say, "Hey, well, why is my driver going so far to the right right on the golf course and in fact, I was playing with a student yesterday. Uh, we were over in Encinitas, and, you know, he hits a little baby fade when we're in our sessions together, mm-hmm. uh, and we're trying to work on our path, and on the golf course, it's odd odd enough that he aims 40 yards to the right. To the right, exactly. And hits big hooks. Right, yeah. Right? Because his body just cannot commit to swinging out in that direction, because it knows, you know, I'll be out of bounds every single time, Right. right and so you know as he was getting frustrated even though we were talking about in our lesson sequences hey you know you got to be aimed well and he gets that but it's kind of that mental like check oh yeah you know i I see my target my feet are aimed there people don't typically take the time to learn what their body is doing in relative to a to a singular target
0: right so when people are playing do you think most students of yours and when they're playing uh, hit to an intended target, whether it be a, a landing spot for a pitch,
1: a <laughs> that, drive. That That's a great question. Yeah, I would hope that they do. All of my students are doing that. Uh, I would think that. But was, in playing
0: lessons, how much do you see that they actually do it? Less than 50%. Less than 50%. Yeah, I would agree with that too. Which right. is a sad number, right? Which is a bad number. I mean, it should be, you know, so you have to have, you, you can't create anything without intention.
1: Yes. Like
0: I tell people, you can't buy the blue Tesla until you first envision, envision <laughs> getting, right. getting the blue Tesla. And Will can talk about that because he has a new car. That's right. That's <laughs> right. Yes.
1: You know, you, uh, you see it, right? You visualize it and... Uh, you then kind of work and build your goals around what it's going to take to get you there, mm. right? And so when you're on the golf course, you really do need to to take it in a similar approach, right? You start, you start off with calculating. Okay, well, can I even afford the car? <laughs> then you think, okay, can I see myself driving the car? What does that feel like? Do I see what roads I'm going to be driving down? Right. Right? Right. As you start to get closer to that, right, then you can more focus on the execution
0: of it right dr dispenza would just be loving you
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's right that's That's
0: good so So, i mean when it comes to uh when people in a playing round let's say they they lose what's happening uh they start hitting bad shots yeah i generally try to tell people you know you have to kind of get back on the horse with what your pre-shot routine is that's right because that's really the only thing you can rely on. Yeah. And if you can go back to that yeah. with intention yeah. of what your shot's going to be, yeah. your outcome's going to start to improve. Because as we all know, when people start wavering their mind to their swing thought sure. or they're doing something wrong, sure. all of a sudden your your mind goes awry thinking all these negative things. That's yeah. why the, the pre-shot is, routine is so important because it, 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 it gives you subconscious something to work at. Sure. And When you have that working, when your subconscious is working at something, then it opens the door for you to consciously create something, which is the intention you had to begin with.
1: It's funny you, you bring that up. You know, that's a. I mean, that in itself can be a whole another podcast topic. But how, you know, how your emotions play into your pre-shot routine and your right. golf, you know, your golf shots that you've picked. I, 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 my same student who we were playing with yesterday. I mean, he, uh, he was we'll say emotionally frustrated with the shots he was seeing Mm -hmm. and that that overrid his ability to focus on his pre-shot routine absolutely right that's right and and i mean it happens to the best golfers in the world
0: everybody yeah
1: you look at you look at like a jordan spieth or a louis who 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 plays well i mean he shot five under five under after two days of the open beautiful golf swing i mean i would I would consider his golf swing to be fundamentally sound. Sure. Right, and he didn't play bad, but he didn't he didn't play well enough to win. Right, and I'm sure emotionally for him that round, that final round, it's always a roller coaster. He had a chance to win at the Open. He had a chance to win uh, well at the U.S. Open and uh, Sunday at the Open Championship. And you know, I I, I would. I would have a hard time believing that anybody who's on the verge of of whether it be shooting your low score, whether it be winning a golf tournament or flight. Right. Right? In in you know, doing it unconsciously is one thing when you know, when you're a guy who or a guy or a girl who who are playing in events that they're not structured enough to show a leaderboard, but when you're at that stage or at that level, I mean you know every shot typically where you stand. So you either know that you have to produce, uh, or you're not going to you're not going to win, right? So, at our level here down here, where we're teaching a lot of amateur golfers and we're getting to the we're getting them to their career best goals, I mean, it's a similar kind of feel, right? They know internally, hey, I need to. I need to go birdie 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 or whatever it is to shoot in this into the 70s, or I need to make this par putt on the last hole. And I'm a I'm a believer that I would rather not calculate my score, although I typically usually know what my score is. As you, I'm, yeah, you do. Right as right. I'm, <laughs> as I'm approaching the 18th tee, and and I would I would hope that my students, if you guys are listening, that I you know, I'd want you to. Try and focus more on the game and the next shot, as we all talk about. Although it's hard,
0: it is hard, right? It is. You, know,
1: you get guys who are on the verge of of shooting par or breaking eighty or breaking ninety.
0: Sure, and it's like when I tell people, and as the podcast series started, your your you look at your golf game like you're looking at a shelf, a, a shelf of wall a yeah. wall of shelves, and yeah. someone that sits on the fourth shelf. And you're, let's say you're a 90 shooter, and your next shelf is 85. That's right. And you start to play better, and you get closer to the fifth shelf. Let's say you hit the fifth shelf. Okay, and now I'm 85. But now you're gonna, now your your next goal will be like 80, yeah. right? And 80 is hard, right? 80 and, is hard. And so the hard, and the closer you get to it, yeah. Your your emotions really jump in because it's uncharted territory. Yes. And this is why later in the series we'll go into this about what is it like to be in uncharted territory, but the thing about being in uncharted territory is, A, you have to find the experience what it feels like. Because right. if you don't know it, you'll, you'll never know what to do. That's, right. and that's why pe- people are always learning from their, their defeats. But from a men- mental standpoint also, you can train your mind. Once you learn what it, fe- what it feels like to stand up against the wall and you know. the pressure's on, then you can start to actually train your mind in meditation and things like that uh to you know better accept it and really embrace it it, right because we all know the best golfers in the world embrace the opportunity yeah right yeah
1: i mean for sure you know i know for me i remember as a young child when the first time i broke 70 i was 12 years old and i mean most children or kids are emotional but i was extra emotional through those last couple holes I was actually emotional at the start of the day. I, I was at my home course, and uh, I started off by missing a four to five foot par putt on the first hole. And I was thinking, gosh, you know, I, I missed one there. And I knew at that point in, in my golfing career, uh, the previous year where I was 11, I wasn't, I wasn't even breaking 80. Uh, and then it just kind of took off, right? I got with my coach, I got a little bigger, I got a little stronger and uh, so the next year when I was playing on that second hole, you know, I hit it to three feet, I thought, hey, that's a great comeback you got three footer, birdie putt down the hill and just knock it in, move on, you're back to even, this is gonna be the day, (laughs) right? Right. And I hit it and I hit it too hard and I was four feet by and so then I knocked it in for par and I was super frustrated because then I'm thinking, gosh, you know, you want to get into the 70s and, or you want to get into the 60s and now you're already two pars that you could have been one under. Right. Right? Or sorry, one over and you could have been one under. And uh, I, you know, I progressed a string through a couple pars and made a couple birdies. And, you know, the middle part of that round kind of all blends into me. I don't really remember where I was getting those points, but I do remember getting to um, the last three holes, which were. My hardest finishing holes on the golf course, and in this golf course that we that I that I broke that that seventy barrier is a Championship, Reese Jones course. Wow, really? Uh, and so you know, typically he doesn't make his finishing holes easy. No, not eight. at all. Sixteen's uh, kind of a gettable uh, par four, and I I was able to hit a nice little wedge shot in there to about five feet and rolled it in to get to the three under mark and really excited. Seventeen, you know, at that point it's like okay middle of the fairway, middle of the green, two-putt, mm-hmm. right? And so uh, once, I, once I got on 17T, went up, hit a nice drive, uh, hit a good shot and into the center of the green and, and made a couple putts there for, uh, for the par. And, and on 18, I, I hit it into a deep, probably 15-foot bunker on the right side uh, on my second shot. I totally had a mind lapse. You know, I was I was getting way ahead of myself. Mm. And um, then from that point, I hit this bunker shot that was pretty good. I mean, it was 13 feet, uh, you know, as a 10-year-old or 12-year-old 12 kid. 12-year-old, right. Right. Who couldn't even – I couldn't even see where the t- tip of the flag was, right? <laughs> so uh, I went up there. I remember just the thoughts and the emotions and the feelings and all of the stuff like, is today going to be the day? Do you even have what it takes to make the putt? You know, Downhill, left to right putts are your worst putts, right? Yeah. Are you going to hit this way too hard? Maybe. Maybe if you miss it, then seventy, which is which has been your best score to date. Maybe you'll tie it. Maybe you won't. I mean, there's just all these different emotions that are coming into play, right? And I remember myself distinctively having to sit there and just kind of focus, right? And just just try to train myself to push all that thoughts. I reset, went through my pre shot routine, right. Kind of exhaled, and that that's something that I don't always do, but when pressure's on, I like to do it because I don't hold the tension that way. Mm-hmm. And it allows me just kind of re-put in perspective what I'm trying to do, and I, I, I picked my line and hit the putt, and it went in, yep. which was right. one of the greatest feelings, right?
0: Absolutely, yeah. So you have so. a strong intention, you clear your mind, get back to your strong intention and For focus, sure. Sure. and that's it. So that's that's awesome. Well, Will, thanks for coming, uh, letting me come to your home here in Poway, a little drive out from uh, downtown San Diego. Uh, We appreciate you joining the podcast. Of course. Um, We'll keep elaborating on kind of what we've talked about here. The next session, we'll we'll talk about uh, practice routine and things like that. Uh, But for now, we'll take a little break. We'll come back. But again, Will, thank you so much for your time today. Of
1: course, Alan. uh, I appreciate it. And thanks for having me. I'd be happy to be back anytime.
0: Welcome back to Awakening to Golf. I'd like to thank Will O'Farrell for joining me today on today's podcast. You know, the pre-shot routine is something that is definitely a must for any golfer who wants to play better golf. And as we have explained to you in the last two segments, there's lots of ways to use your own pre-shot routine. As you heard Will talk about... You definitely have to have intention of what you're going to do. You're going to have to be able to select the club needed. You have to choose the shot that's going to have to uh, work for you. You have to assess how you're hitting the golf ball, whether you're warming up or how you're hitting it that day. You also obviously have to assess the situation, wind, terrain, temperature. And all like these things are done really behind the ball. And then once you step into the ball, some people will visualize a shot behind the ball. And then once you step in, as we talked about today with uh, Will, as I just got back from meeting with him in uh, Poway, the alignment factor is a big thing. So next week, we're going to work into proper practice principles, which has to do with alignment. How do we practice on the range with alignment? How do we practice before round with alignment? Um, practice principles would also include Um, different types of practice there's what I call process oriented practice and there's outcome oriented practice as far as the pre-shot routine goes you know when you play 18 holes it's very hard to be committed mentally to an entire round of golf as you heard Phil Mickelson say during uh, the PGA Championship he was totally focused mentally on every shot and that's very hard to do So when I'm in most playing lessons with people, almost all my students, uh, and they're during the day, so to everyone's defense, they're, they're in business. They either own a business or they're managing a business or working for a business. So they're checking their emails and they may be checking their texts. So all these distractions are going to cause distraction in your golf game many people think well if i have my swing working in the bay it'll work on the course which is just completely not true you have to be focused on the golf course the art is how do you focus at the right time personally i have a hard time focusing the entire round um, if i'm being distracted uh, by my phone or things like that so i know that i have to put my phone away I also know that a good pre-shot routine has to take commitment and you must commit to it all the time. The more that you work at the pre-shot routine, the more you'll start to observe how you, you'll you cheat the process. You may not be totally committed on some shots to the target. I find that a lot in myself. I can stand behind the ball and kind of vision the shot I want. And as I've gone through my whole routine, picked the club, I stand over, I've got my alignment, I look up at the target. And at the last second, if I'm really not committed to the shot I want, let's say I have a, uh, a bad swing thought or just there's no purpose or commitment to the swing. When I play my best golf, I'm committed to the target. I'm committed to the shot I want, whether it's a fade or a draw. And that's hard to do in an 18 hole round. So what I would suggest to people Uh, when you start to work on a pre-shot routine it'll be almost impossible for you to create a consistent routine the first 18 holes I mean the the entire round almost impossible because you have to kind of work at it work your way into it I would say practice doing a pre-shot routine on a range and then things that I tell my my students to do would be go to the course and take these concepts on in series of three take on three holes let's say you're you're gonna play your first three holes with your buddies. You're, you're kind of in the round. You get to the fourth hole and you go, "Okay, these next three holes, I'm gonna to commit to the pre-shot routine." And as you start to do it, maybe just three holes at a time. If you found success doing it, uh, your first three. Can you do it? The next uh, next three. It would be hard to do it the whole 18 rounds. So what I would say, your first time you try to do this, after you've established the pre-shot routine that you think works for you. And remember, this will always be evolved for you because your perceptions and feelings and emotions will change. But for the sake of it, go play 18 holes, pick three holes per nine, and try to commit fully to a pre-shot routine and see how you do. Take it, you know, three holes per nine. If, you've, if you're, if you you know, gung-ho about it, okay, you may try to do it uh, all nine of the first nine holes. My point here is just to give it a try, And you have to observe, you're in there working on the concept of the pre-shot routine, choosing the target you're hitting to, choosing the right club, assessing the situation. And as you go through this, you'll become more and more comfortable with it. And as I've mentioned before, this will start to become a routine. And when it becomes more of a routine, your golf game is going to improve. But it's hard to work at the pre-shot routine and if you've never done it consistently where the point you know you're doing it every time well then there's room for improvement. And I've been out with players who are on the amateur tours around the area here and they tell me that they're in their pre-shot routine, but I can tell watching them play that they're not fully committed to a total pre-shot routine. They may do bits and aspects of it at time and they may do some of them all the time. But are they constantly doing it because if they're not, then the peak performance or the high level of play that they want, meaning they're on the fourth shelf and they want to get to the fifth or the sixth. If you're not doing this completely dedicated to the pre-shot routine, it's going to slow your process down. So my point is here, as we've mentioned earlier, you can download the free uh, PDF book from my uh, website. AlOwensCoaching.com, which is the seven principles of the pre-shot routine. You know, as you heard, Will talk today. He has concepts that he uses, and you know, everything principle that I've written in that book, uh, Will has touched on. And is it the you know the golden ticket to everything? No, but if you start to just apply your own, put your imprint on it, but start to do it. You know, it takes. You're the one who has to create this routine and it has to work for you. So it's gonna take commitment and it's gonna take trial and error. And I'm just here to tell you, on some days it will be easier to work on your pre-shot routine when you're playing and some days it will be harder. And that is just the fact. Your personal life, your business, your family, your buddies playing golf, all these interferences are gonna come in there. So give yourself a break but at least start to set the bar in there. It's like, okay, I'm gonna to start to work at this. I'm gonna to start to chip away at it. If you're a really devoted golfer, you're gonna chip away pretty hard at it. If you're a devoted golfer, you've already got Dr. Dispense's book because that's gonna help you understand how your mind's working. If you're a casual golfer, fine, then take parts of what you're hearing here and apply it to your game. You know, Our goal here, you know, as all golf instructors, my goal would be, I want you to play better. And the golf game is not all about the golf swing. And that's why I'm empowered to do this uh, Awakening to Golf podcast. It's fun to do. I love doing it. I'm getting great feedback from people. And it's fun to bring in others to talk about, you know, what are they doing in their golf game? And it was very interesting listening to Will's past back from Canada. You know, at the age of, there he is, at the age of 12, breaking 70. He's a very good player. Obviously, a very good coach here in the San Diego area. I like that again thank Will O'Farrell for joining me today next week we'll work on proper practice principles until then keep it in the short grass lighten up and enjoy your round and I'll talk to you next week